Worship team, awesome job this morning. Thank you for leading us into the presence of God, into the Shekinah, the manifest presence of God. I don't know about you, but I felt the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Amen. We always want to be the kind of church where, you know, we might get heavy with some stuff. We might jump into the suffering and injustice in our community, but we can never forget that we are a community that's called by the drawing of the Holy Spirit and to sit out in the power of the Holy Spirit into our community. And this is something that uh, we're called to be and do. And so uh, with that, uh, I won't belabor that. I'm going to jump right into the word this morning. I'm pretty excited. Um, I feel like I have an atomic bomb in my chest. Right? You know, I think Jeremiah would say that if he was in the 21st century. He says, fire shut up in his bones. I think he would say, I have an atomic bomb in my chest right now. And I just want to release this to you. I feel like God wants to release a powerful word to our community this morning. I think he wants to mobilize you in a powerful way. I'm hoping that it challenges you. I hope it provokes you. I hope it drives you closer to, uh, drives you to your knees. I hope it drives you to listen to the suffering and pain in our community in a way that you may not have before. Amen. So we continue our sermon series, Made New. Uh, we've been talking about Jesus' uh, uh, revolution, his manifesto of the revolution of the kingdom of God. And there's a quote that I want to start from one of my favorite authors, uh, Kurt Vonnegut. And I love this quote. He says, uh, for some reason, the most vocal Christians among us never mention the Beatitudes. Matthew 5. But often, with tears in their eyes, the demand that the Ten Commandments be posted in public buildings. And of course, that's Moses, not Jesus. I haven't heard one of them demand that the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, be posted anywhere. Blessed are the merciful in a courtroom. Blessed are the peacemakers in the Pentagon. Give me a break. So when we've been talking about the Beatitudes, that Jesus is at work making all things new, that uh, Jesus is calling forth a whole nother reality, a whole nother world to interrupt and to disrupt the world as it is. And he gives a description of this world, and he calls it that in the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are not a, uh, a list of rules. Let's go to our text this morning, Matthew chapter 5. Verses 1 through 12. And this is the manifesto, y'all. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Your translation may say righteousness. Oh, poor King James, he should have said justice. But he says, for they will be filled with justice. And we'll end with this verse in verse 7, which we'll start today. We'll talk about today and unpack. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, this is intriguing because, um, you know, as I said before, the Beatitudes are not like a, a list of rules. They are not like, you know, a to-do list, a check-off list. 
Uh, the Beatitudes are like an expression of what happens when the kingdom of God inbreaks into the world. <laughs> They're more like symptoms, if you will. Signs, symptoms. We got symptoms. What is a symptom? Gabby, you can hook me up. What is a symptom? A symptom is a sign of the existence of something, especially of an undesirable situation. The government has plagued by leaks a symptom of divisions and poor morale uh, uh, in Flint right now. When they switched the water to the Flint River from the water to normal drinking water to healthy water, that was a symptom of what? Of injustice and white supremacy and racism. Uh, yeah, I said it. And indifference to those who are in poverty. Symptoms, a sign or the existence of something, especially in an undesirable situation. The Beatitudes are, a, um, are what happened when there's a symptom of the kingdom of God. How do we know when God shows up in a community? Before I get ahead of myself, though, let me just drive the point home further, right? How many of y'all had a cold recently or a flu? Man, those flu shots must be working. Oh, V, v had some stuff recently, right? He had some respiratory issues going on, right? So but what, if anybody's ever had the flu or bad cold, pneumonia, anything like that, what are the symptoms of the flu? Think about it. There's fever. There's chills. There's muscle aches. That's the part I can't stand, the muscle aches. I don't know about y'all, right? Even when I try to, you know, if I've ever had the flu, I usually veg out on Netflix, but, you know, it's like a bad experience because of the muscle aches. But so cough, congestion, <clears throat> runny nose, headaches, and fatigue, those are symptoms. They are indications. They are manifestation that something is going on inside of your body. That a virus has invaded your space, that a virus has come into your body, and it has shifted what's going on in your body, and these symptoms manifest based upon the virus entering your body. But what happens, when you think about it, but what happens when the kingdom of God invades the world? What happens when the kingdom of God invades your life like a virus, like an epidemic? What happens when the kingdom of God embraces into our community? And this is what we know up to this point, the symptoms of the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus is saying. When the kingdom of God shows up, this are, these are the symptoms of the inbreaking kingdom of God. What do we have? What's the first one? We have the poor in spirit. There will be people who are poor in spirit when God shows up. People who recognize their need for God, those who, who are, are broken and, and, and they see the world around them and they're broken by it and, they're, and, and they, are, they recognize that they need grace. They need God to live in this world. Next, those who mourn, they who mourn, those who are broken in spirit and saddened by what's going on in the world around them, the brokenness, the pain, the suffering, the oppression, the, the, the desolation, the despair, they mourn the world around them. And then there's the meek, those who are pliable, those who are recognized that only God can make them the way that God needs to make them. 
those who hunger and thirst for justice. And this is something that's very interesting because, you know, in the church has become fashionable to talk about building the kingdom. We talked about this before. Nowhere are we told to build the kingdom of God. We're told to see it, enter it, inherit it. But how do you know that you've inherited the kingdom of God? How do you know that you've seen and entered and inherit and received the kingdom of God? How? You have a hunger and thirsty thirst for a justice to interrupt into this world. You want to see the world made right. If you're indifferent this morning to the suffering of the poor and those who are crushed by oppression in our community, I'm praying that you receive the kingdom today. Because if you're indifferent to the suffering, if you're indifferent to the injustice, like in Flint, for instance, if you're unaware of it, if today is your first time being made aware of it, it is cataclysmic what's happening there. And trust me, there's Flint's all over this country. They ain't the only place. But these are symptoms of the kingdom of God. And this next one, the merciful. How do we know when the kingdom of God shows up? What is a symptom of the kingdom of God in breaking into our world? The merciful show up. We begin to see merciful people. And it, that seems like a really simple word, a simple description of people. In, in our culture, we tend to limit what that means. But today, I'm hoping to mess you up. Oh, my gosh. The merciful. Before I get into that, I want to read something to you. The goal of this kingdom thing, one of my favorite new theologians, uh, N.T. Wright, says this. He says, God's future is arriving in the present, in the person and work of Jesus, and you get to practice that right now with your habits of life, which find their goal in that coming future. Blessedness is what happens when God is at work both in someone's life and through that person's life. Mm. See, America would talk that blessing is just a mere acquisition of middle-class accoutrements, of things and, and consumer items, right? This we, we limit, unfortunately, the Christian imagination has been narrowed and limited by the culture in which we live in. Blessedness means that you get to participate in God's future now. My God, in a world where there is no mercy, in a, God, in a world where there is no compassion, to be blessed means that you get to be merciful, that you get to be compassionate by the grace of God. My, my, my. Y'all quiet this morning. Come on now. It is a new state of affairs. It's a new reality which is in the process of bursting into this world. God's kingdom. God's future. God's the renewal of creation. The goal of God's kingdom. A time of comfort a, of heaven coming to earth at last. Of the renewal of the creation of plenty, of mercy, of reward. And perhaps above all of seeing God in God's own self. My God, and I look forward to uh, uh, that, hearing that next week. Uh, what does it mean to see God with a pure heart? I'll let somebody else go have that, but ah, man, I'm excited for that word. So the goal has arrived in the present. Mercy has arrived. 
This is what the beatitude is saying. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. They will be given mercy. Mercy has arrived. Mercy has crashed upon the shores of this community. Mercy has crashed upon the reality of your life. You ain't got to wait for it. God is here. <laughs> My God. My God. Those who follow Jesus can begin to practice in the present the habits of the heart. It's already here, y'all. So back to those symptoms, the merciful, the merciful, the merciful, the mercy, merciful, merciful people are a symptom of the kingdom of God. And what do I mean by mercy? This is an interesting word um, in our society. Oftentimes, we even shrink that word, right? Mercy, we oftentimes, we think of in the sense of punishment or somebody deserving punishment. And mercy says, you know, uh, I'm not going to punish them, right? Or if you're wrestling or you're playing somebody, I don't know if they say this anymore. When I was a kid, I'm probably dating myself right now, right? When uh, they, we say, uncle, uncle, right? You're wrestling with somebody and they got your head pinned in the dirt. You're eating grass. You got dirt in your teeth. And they got their, their knee in your neck and on the ground. You're just like, uncle, uncle, uncle. Mercy. And this is how we often think of mercy in our culture, right? Uh, God, when we think about the mercy of God, we primarily think, God, don't punish me. God, don't kill me. God, don't destroy me. This is what we often think of mercy as Christians in this culture. But mercy, first and foremost, has nothing to do in the first sense. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to mess you up this morning. Mercy, in the first sense, has nothing to do with punishment. <laughs> it is actually a better, more modern word for what mercy means to be merciful. It means to be compassionate. And y'all know that's one of my favorite words, right? It comes with two Latin words, compassio. Compassion. It means to feel with. In the Bible, it means God's loving kindness, God's faithful, enduring love for us. It is actually God's feelings toward us. Let me even go deeper. It's what God feels when God feels what we feel. My God, how many know God feels? I really don't know what that means. <laughs> I'd imagine that it's actually much deeper and much broader and more deeper and more powerful than anything that I can feel towards somebody else. Have you ever encountered somebody that was suffering, going through a pain, and you were with them and you felt what they were feeling? You felt so moved by their pain and their suffering that you moved into it. You had to act. You had to do something. Imagine God. How does God feel? Go with me on this thought experiment for a moment. How must God feel when he sees the pain and suffering of his creatures? My God. The compassion, the mercy of God is when God feels with, is to feel the feelings of others, is when God feels feels your pain. My God. Did you know God can feel your pain? 
Can you feel me, God? Uh, yes, according to the word of God. One of my other favorite authors is a Jewish a rabbi and a theologian named Abraham Heschel. He wrote a book called The Prophets, and he says this. He says, God is moved and affected by what happens in the world and reacts accordingly. Let me read that again. God is moved and affected by what happens in the world, and God reacts accordingly. See, mercy and compassion aren't now just, oh, I feel bad about what's going on with you. But see, true mercy and compassion, it feels what others feel, but then there's a corresponding action to address the thing that's causing the pain in the first place. <laughs> That's why there can't be mercy without justice. You can hand out turkeys and toys at Christmas to poor folk, but you're not asking why do we have to hand out more toys and turkeys every Christmas? That ain't mercy. That's sympathy. Oh, man, that sucks for you. Here's a toy. Bye. The church is good at that. We think we're doing something when we give turkeys and toys only and clothes and school supplies. That's good. Don't get me wrong. There ain't nothing bad with that. But if you're not moved like God, God, mm, mm, mm. in the book of Exodus, when God saw Israel in slavery, the Bible says that I've seen the suffering and oppression of my people. And God doesn't say, oh, that sucks for them. What does God say? Moses, I'm sending you. <laughs> I'm going to do something about the suffering and oppression that's in the world. God says, I'm feeling it. I see it. My people are suffering. They are in pain. And I'm sending my prophet Moses. The Hebrews call it, the Jewish brothers and sisters, they call it the Hesed of God. Forgive me, I didn't put a, create a slide for that. H-E-S-E-D. <laughs> the Hesed of God. It is God's loyalty. Y'all know what loyalty is, right? It means a commitment, right? And so it is God's loving loyalty, God's abandonment, God's commitment, even beyond your sin, even beyond your faults, even beyond your mistakes, God will love you even to a fault. That's God now. Now, some of us, you know, we got to set some boundaries with people. Amen. Right? You know what I'm saying? There's some people that don't mean you good. See, God ain't really got to set them kind of boundaries because who going to hurt God? <laughs> so don't get it twisted now. This has seed in the mercy and loving kindness of God does not give you permission to become a doormat for other people's uh, brokenness. I get pastoral for a moment there, you know. Okay. Switch back now, back to the prophet stage. And so here we go. So compassion means this. So he, so he says, the quote Heschel again, God is moved and affected by what happens in the world and reacts accordingly. And then he further says this, and he's quoting the prophets. He's saying, this is what happens to the prophets in Israel. He says this, Heschel says, 
the prophet is guided not by what he feels. Let me start the first, let me read that first half of the clause again. I, I just, there's something to really reflect on there. The prophet is guided not by what he or she feels, but by what God feels. <laughs> See, the merciful in the kingdom of God are led and guided by what God feels. Not just how you feel about it, but the merciful of those, some way, somehow, by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit, they're caught up in God's feelings about the situation. God, I'm caught up in how you feel about it, and it's messing me up. Abraham called it the divine pathos. Even the philosophers in the house, divine pathos. It is God feels deeply for humanity. It's when the merciful, the prophets of God, the church of Jesus Christ, are those who feel deeply alongside with God. The merciful feel God's feeling for the suffering of the many. In God's passion for the suffering, God's passion for a different world. The merciful feel what God feels. Think about that for a moment. <laughs> See, how is this the case, Pastor Anthony? See, if you have tasted and seen how good the Lord is, the, the psalmist said, taste and see how good has seed <laughs> the, God, the Lord is. See, if you could taste and see how good and merciful and loving and loyal God is, you will extend it to others. See, it's one thing, see, it's one thing to feel what other people feel. But it's quite another thing to feel what God feels towards them. Mm. And even one step backwards, how God feels about you. <laughs> See, some of us think we have this version of God that is like this old white dude in a rocking chair with a beard, with a whip, hiding behind a tree, ready to get you. <laughs> Maybe that's not y'all. This is the image I had, this old white dude that... When I was a kid, when I hear people talk about God, you know, I thought God was, you know, white. Right? <laughs> That's what kept me out of Christianity for a long time. Right? But we realize that God isn't white. God is holy. God is good. God is loving. God is patient and merciful. Right? 
Yeah, Jesus was a black man. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll get that, right? Yeah. Don't feel strange. Pastor Dustin knows that. <laughs> Ain't that right, Pastor Dustin? Amen. <laughs> Don't be afraid, black people. It's all good. What y'all like to win? I swear, Rowan County, boy, I tell you. Come on, y'all. Emancipation Proclamation happened in 1865. We've been freed. All right. Okay, I'll move on. My wife's looking at me like, oh, Lord, there he go. He meddling again. God, the merciful feel what God feels. The merciful hear God's voice and feel God's heart for others. I love the way Dustin talks about this when he talks about when we talk about sin, right? Uh, it's that which breaks the heart of God. And one of the prayers that we pray here is that may our hearts be broken as God's heart is broken for our community. And I will add this. May our hearts fall in love with the way that God's love is for this community. That we'll be like God, that we will feel the love that God has for our neighbors and even our enemies, right? That, that we would feel the love of God towards all those people in our community and even ourselves. That this love will be so bold that it will overtake us, that we will learn literally how to love the hell out of our city. Oh, my God. But here's the thing, so the merciful, the merciful feel what God's feel. The merciful hear God's voice, and they feel God's heart for others. Somebody who feels sorry for everybody else but does nothing about it would not be considered compassionate or merciful. Sympathetic at best. However momentary. But here's the other part. So it's not just enough to feel what God feels. It's not enough to be caught up in God's feeling and emotion for the world around us and for ourselves. It is this, the merciful join in God's merciful action. <laughs> I feel the pain of my brothers and sisters in Flint. This is why I'm giving our whole offering today, not just to, as a charity, but also to empower others to ameliorate the situation on the ground there, to talk about injustice, to talk about economic disparities, and to mo help mobilize organizers and leaders in that area to deal with the reason why this happened in the first place. It's not, a, it's not enough just to send water, right? That's good. We got to do that. But we also got to organize people and send people and resource people to address the reason why we need the water in the first place. See, when God feels towards you, when God sends mercy, God, oh my God, how many of y'all, even on a personal level, you can feel this, right? There have been times when you felt pain, you felt loneliness, you felt despair, you felt you couldn't go home. In your heart of hearts, you couldn't even give up the energy, you couldn't even conjure up the energy to even respond to God and even ask God, why am I going through this? But some way, somehow, maybe you have experienced this, maybe you have not, but sometimes in the midnight hour, sometimes in the noonday, you feel a sense of comfort come over you. God will not leave you in your despair. God will come along and he will say, God will not say, oh, it sucks for them. 
I feel your pain, man. I'm, I'm, I feel sorry for you. But God will have a, have a way to come alongside you and say, it's going to be all right, brother. Sister, daughter, son, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. See, God is making, see, God's mercy and compassion. See, merciful people, they are compelled by God's deep and abiding love for others to join in God's action to address the situation. See, there has to be addressing of the situation. So this gives you discernment now. People say, oh, we're, 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 we're being merciful in our community. But are you addressing the situation? God addresses the situation. God didn't leave you alone as an orphan in the world. God sent you his spirit to comfort you, to let you know that he has an abiding presence and love for you beyond your mistakes, beyond your own humanity, that God loves you regardless, without condition. God will leave you void of that. So God will address the situation. And as we've been saying these past several weeks, that God, out of compassion, is making all things new. Jesus said in Revelation that, Behold, him who sits in the throne declares, Behold, I'm making all things new. Make no mistake about it. This is what Jesus is actively doing in Salisbury and Rowan County. And in your life, Jesus is making all things new. And one of the ways he's doing it is letting you feel what he feels. Letting you see what he sees. Letting you hear what he hears. And so the last part there. We are driven and sent by the mercy of God. We are driven and sent by the mercy of God. Another word for that word, Hasid, is this, and I'm closing out here. Another image in the Hebrew, and for those of you who love the Bible, I would highly suggest that you find some way to study the Hebrew and the Greek. Uh, but something about the Hebrew is very uh, vivid. It paints a picture. It's like HD in language, high-definition words. And the word has seed, the word mercy. <clears throat> the imagery there is like a mother caring for the child in the womb. Mm. I've never been pregnant. <laughs> but I know what it's like to be a father. I know what it's like to feel like I am willing to give my life for the protection of my wife and my children, if I have to. If I'm, I'm willing to lay down my own self for the safety and life of my wife and my children, and even my friends, it's the image of a mother caring for the child in the womb. Think about how, uh, how fierce a mother is to protect her unborn child. She's fierce in her love. Her protection of the child in utero. This is what has seed means. This is how God sees us. 
like a mother that loves the child. And to be honest with you, if I could be real for a moment, sometimes a mother loves her child so much that she will even go beyond the fault, that she will even make unwise choices because of the love and the feeling that she has for her child. That's how serious it is. Y'all have children, you know that? Women especially, you know what I'm talking about. Say, oh man, but I love them. I want them to be safe. I want them to live. I want them to have what they need. And I'm willing to do what I got to do to get that. That's his seed. That is the mercy of God. To be merciful is to be life-giving, nourishing, embracing, all-encompassing. It's to give oneself for the life of others. And so, as we're finishing up this morning, we've been talking about symptoms of mercy, symptoms of the kingdom of God. So this is what I'm praying. This has been my prayer <clears throat> this week, and I'm going to continue this. Maybe we can start something. We can start a hashtag or something. I don't know. <clears throat> Y'all can hashtag this or something because we need this right now. Uh, we are praying for an epidemic of mercy in our community. <laughs> mercy. Breakout. I'm praying for an outbreak of mercy. I'm praying for an army of the merciful. I'm praying for those who have been caught up in how God feels about the situation in our community right now. I'm praying that you're overtaken by God's compassion this week for others and even for yourself. Those who feel God's feelings to the suffering, the brokenness, the injustice, the hopelessness and despair in our community and a passion to join God in making a difference to address the situation. And so I was like, God, how can I end this in celebration? How can I end this in a way that does honor to what you're doing, God? And here's the thing I heard, y'all, and this is something that I've really been meditating on. It's something that's really just messed me up. And I'm still thinking about this thing for myself personally, my own walk with Jesus. I was like, God, man, there's so much happening in the world. There's so much happening in my own life. In the lives of those who I love. God, what are you going to do about it? God, how are you going to help? God, you're giving ammo for those of the critics and your culture despisers that say, how can a good God allow suffering and evil in the world? God, what are you going to do? How can you let this stand? And I heard the spirits whisper. It's almost like you hear God's whisper say to me, I am doing something. I'm singing I'm sending the merciful. <laughs> I'm sending you. 
Think about it. I can hear God interrogating us right now. I can hear God asking you, don't you feel what I feel? Mm. I can hear the Spirit ask us as a group, as a church, do you see what I see? Do you feel what I feel? Do you feel what I feel when I hear others feel? Can you see that? Can you feel that? And if you say, yes, Lord, I can, and I can hear the Lord saying, all right, that's why I'm sending you. Because <laughs> you got my mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for there shall be given mercy. <laughs> you will be given the very feelings of God for the world around you. That's why God's got to give mercy. This ain't no past. This ain't no, like, the, the God being no judge and saying, I'm not going to punish you today. No, this is God primarily saying, I'm going to give you, I'm going to grace you, I'm going to gift you with how I feel about the situation. This is kind of new to me. I don't know if this is new to you. It's Bible. So what does the epidemic look like? We'll finish with this. I'm going to read this passage. It's a song, one of my favorite psalms, and it has, it's taken on a whole new light for me. Psalm 136. I'll let Gabby get to it. Thank you, Gabby. You've been doing an excellent job with the slides this morning. Thank you, Gab. Gab is our technician on the back. <laughs> we get our teens involved here in many different places. We believe that young people shouldn't just be spectators in church. That they can be joining the mission as well. Psalm 136, and if we could, if I can retitle this song, it's an epidemic of mercy. You know what an epidemic is, right? It's an outbreak of something. It's something, you know, people, are, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I won't drill, dwell too long on this, but y'all know I love the zombie, zombie genres, right? <laughs> Right. Y'all seen these zombie movies of the zombie outbreak? Okay, never mind. So bird flu, flu, chicken pox, polio, black plague. But see, in the kingdom of God, see the world, that's the world, right? But in the kingdom of God, we have an epidemic of goodness. In the kingdom of God, we have an epidemic of love. In the kingdom of God, when the kingdom of God shows up, we have an epidemic of mercy. And this is what it looks like for an epidemic of mercy to break forth in the world in which we live. Psalms 136. I'll just read it. If we don't have it, that's fine. If you have it and you have a Bible with you, Psalm 136, I'll be reading from the NIV. And this is a, a, a litany. This is like, you know, if anybody likes Beethoven, this is the, the last chorus. This is the last part of the song. This is the climax of the song, right? Creation is responding. Human beings are responding to the mercy of God. They are responding to the very presence of God in creation, and this is their response. And they say, this is the epidemic, y'all. Psalm 136, give thanks to the Lord, for he is merciful. He is good. His mercy, his love endures forever. 
Give thanks to the God of gods. His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love, his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders. His love, his mercy endures forever. Who by his understandings made the heavens. His mercy endures forever. His mercy made the creation. His mercy made, his mercy made the land and the food and the atmosphere and the planets and the gravitational pull of the earth so that life can be sustained that is mercy because mercy is life giving let me keep going let me keep going so who by his understanding made the heavens his mercy endures forever verse 6 who spread out the earth upon the waters who made the great lights the sun to govern the day the moons and stars to govern the night God's mercy will give us the environment in the place that life can flourish. The merciful join in with God to do the work in the community so that life can flourish. It gets better. Verse 10. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his mercy endures forever. And brought Israel out of among them, his mercy endures forever. With a mighty stretched hand, a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love and his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. So God's mercy will deliver you from slavery. First and foremost, mental slavery. The bondage to your failures and your mistakes. The mercy of God will give you life and embolden you and give you a new lease on life to, expect, to escape the bondage of your own slavery. The Bible calls it the power of sin and death. Mercy, mercy, mercy. God will even divide seas. For his people. And he brings them out. Uh, he brought, verse 14, he brought Israel in the midst of it. And verse 15, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. God's mercy will deal with your enemies, whether they are internal to you or external to you. <laughs> 16. To him who led his people through the wilderness. His love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. Mercy will strike down the powerful in a community. If they get too arrogant, God says, I will strike them down. I will take their power and I will give it to people who will use it wisely and justly and mercifully in this community. That's what God says to the merciful. Don't just look at them. If you're full of mercy, you will be wise and gracious in how you treat others as well. And then he says, my God, to him who struck down great kings, his mercy endures forever and killed mighty kings. Oh, Lord, is that what he said? Lord of mercy. Mercy will kill my enemies. Oh, my gosh. And I think that has something to do with that God will severely limit those forces in our lives that want to prevent us from living life abundantly. I think that's what that means, right? 
I hope so. I don't want to go too drastic with that and say, you know, the person who disrespected me on Facebook, God's going to kill them. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. <clears throat> you know, we're just teaching in the church now. It's kind of weird, right? Touch my anointed and not do my prophets no harm. You say bad things about church people, God's going to get them. They, they totally missed the whole point there. That's not what he's saying. We'll talk about that some other time. So there's some weird stuff in church culture. Am I right? I mean, there's some weird stuff out there. But notice what he says. So what does that mean? God will see us through the transformation. This is what an epidemic of mercy looks like. And then he says this. And, and he gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his servant Israel. He remembered us in our low estate when we were at our lowest. God's mercy was there with us even in our lowest moments, in the moment when there's a big old question mark about our lives, even when we didn't see no way out, when we didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. God says that my mercy was there with you even in your lowest state, that I was present with you. And he says, and you freed me from my lowest state, that you freed me from my enemies and you give food to every creature his love endures forever give thanks to the God of heaven his mercy endures forever this is what it means y'all in this picture the creation is responding to the mercy of God the creation feels the gratitude and the love of God in, in Israel and, and as human beings we should feel the love of God towards us and the world around us and when we do that God is able to then send the merciful amen holy God God and Father we thank you right now God, we just bless you. We honor you, God. We give you praise, God. God, the, the psalm keeps coming to, me, coming to me all this morning. Lord, I will bless the Lord, all oh, my soul, and all that is within me, God. God, I thank you for your mercy, oh God. God, your word says that your mercy endureth forever, God. We thank you right now, God, for your mercy and, and, and your love and your, your steadfastness and your loving kindness, God, that you will love us and you feel what we feel, God, that you feel our pain, God, that you feel our suffering, God, that you would comfort us and give us life, that you would comfort us, oh God, and reassure us, God, that you are God and that you got this. Bless your people this morning. Guys, they go forth this week. Let them become merciful. Mm-mm-mm. And for those who are hard-headed like me, God, overtake us with your mercy. Let us feel what you feel, God. Let us see what you see, God. Raise up this army of the merciful this week, wherever they may be. We thank you for this. All made possible by your son, Jesus with the life that he lived and the obedience that he gave to you, God, even to the point of the cross, that even through his life, his death, his resurrection, you invite us into a world of mercy to be like Jesus in this world. God, we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God.